We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Bloomington State Senator Bill Brady is likely having quite a year already, and it's just getting warmed up. He's leading Illinois Senate Republicans in an election year in which conservatives and moderates in the GOP earlier seemed to be at each other's throats. The state, which has pretty much had one budget in three years, is due for another one, and history would suggest another standoff with Democrats. You might wonder who would want this job. Well, this weekend, we talk with the man who does and has it. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest is Senator Bill Brady. He is no stranger to this studio. He's been in the legislature since 1993 and in the Senate since 2002. He's run for governor three times and came this close to being elected the second time. Uh, He was elected the Senate Republican leader after his predecessor, Christine Redonio, resigned from the General Assembly, citing in part the dysfunction in Springfield. Senator Brady was a top deputy to Redonio during her time heading the caucus. Governor Rauner has called him a champion for Illinois families. Republican lawmakers are going to need a champion this year. Senator Brady, welcome back. Greg, we do with you. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start with the broad question a lot of lawmakers are getting from reporters this season. With an election underway and battle lines drawn, what can realistically get done in Springfield this year? Well, we can pass a balanced budget. The governor introduced a balanced budget. Uh, and in the, in the framework that he put it, he would admittedly say that he didn't like everything that had to be done in the budget, but it's the best blueprint he thought could move Illinois forward. Uh, he has said that he's willing to work in a bipartisan way uh, within the inner workings of the budget, uh, but hold for two things. We cannot continue to increase the tax burden on families in the state that just drive people out of the state. And the budget needs to be balanced because the people of Illinois need and deserve a balanced budget. So I applaud the governor for his effort, and uh, I think we can be successful. That's the most important thing that we can get done between now and the end of May. Now, uh, you know, being in the legislature as long as you have and watching it as long as I have, there are different interpretations of the word balanced when we talk about a balanced budget. And, and so what really is balanced? I think a balanced budget is a, a a budget that meets the statutory obligations that the existing revenue equals the appropriations that go to do the good things that we do in the state, uh, from Medicaid providers to uh, state health insurance to, most importantly, our educational systems throughout this state, uh, transportation. Uh, but what it does is it, it measures up like you have to do in your family and this radio station has to do in its business, it makes sure that uh, revenues uh, at least meet expenditures uh, with some constitutional requirements like the pension funds, that they have to meet the statutory requirement for those payments, that we have to meet our bond obligations. So uh, the governor introduced that. It is uh, balanced within the fiscal year. In fact, he also called for uh, something off budget, which I think is appropriate, uh, a provision that Senator 
President Colton initiated to reduce pension costs, and he's asked that that be used to reduce uh, the tax burden that the Democrat budget last year imposed on the people of Illinois. Uh, I applaud the governor for doing that. I applaud him for not tying that to the budget itself because we all know that pension reforms are challenged in the courts and will take a, a while to to be um, to be handled by the courts if we're successful in passing that. So I, by all means, what the governor has initiated here and that I have sponsored in the Illinois Senate is a balanced budget. Now, there have been, I understand, some bipartisan talks underway uh, aimed at crafting a budget that both sides can live with, that will get the votes. But, you know, we have seen efforts like this uh, go south before. I think people do remember the grand bargain. Uh, So why is there more hope this time? What are you seeing on both sides that would give you a sense that, okay, this time we can get it? Well, as I've discussed with uh, both Speaker Madigan and uh, President Colton, as well as Leader Durkin, the governor is uh, maybe political pressure selections can be a reason that we can come together and and not uh, use that to divide us. We've got enough differences of opinions in these elections coming up uh, to to wage a, a strong argument, I assume, for either candidate. So let's not hold the people of Illinois hostage. Let's get this done. And I think, frankly, uh, we know we can't afford another court-ordered spending plan. Uh, we've got to be optimistic about it. And uh, I think the start, though, I will, again, applaud the governor. He started it on the right platform by introducing uh, to us in his budget address something that is balanced. But the governor has uh, sometimes seemed to find it hard to resist saying anything about the budget or uh, or Springfield without uh, blaming Speaker Madigan for something, uh, anything that looks like it helps how Speaker Michael Madigan could disappoint uh, a lot of Republican voters. The Speaker's not going to be enthusiastic about letting the governor have any wins. So isn't this the ki- still the kind of atmosphere that, frankly, chased Chris Rodonio away? Well, you know, Senator Rodonio did a wonderful job and an admirable job of leading the Senate Republican Caucus. Uh, and I don't know that she was chased away. You, frankly, I would say you can't chase Chris Rodonio away. <laughs> she, she had reached a point in her life where she wanted to spend more time with family. And I don't think the frustration had anything to do with really her leaving as much as she had just reached that point. Uh, she certainly uh, wouldn't uh, allow that to happen. But you know, you, you do have to worry. Uh, Speaker Madigan has been in control of the Illinois House, some would say government, for four, four decades. He's uh, uh, been, been at, at the helm of many of the policies that have uh, put this state at, a, at an awkward position, to say the least, with having so much opportunity to offer. So I'm optimistic that we can get something done. I mean, there are other things. Governor Ronner can run on uh, his education platform, what he did for uh, the students and the parents and the teachers of the state by passing uh, historic reforms in education funding. You know, J.B. Pritzker can run on the fact he wants to increase and hike the income tax on the backs of taxpayers in this state, while Governor Ronner wants to reduce it. So there's plenty of other things to run on. I think the the goal here would be, let's, let's not set our state back further by letting this budget get in the way of politics or politics get in the way of this budget. Well, even within the budget itself, uh, there are some uh, 
I can't call them imbalances, but things that seem to possibly be in conflict. For example, the governor wants a freeze on property taxes. He said that on the campaign trail. His budget calls for shifting the cost of teacher pensions back to, frankly, the people who created the contracts that that have those uh, pensions in them, the local school districts. But as school officials in those locales have told us, that almost certainly will mean a property tax increase because they have to absorb those costs. So how do you reconcile all of these things in a real budget? Right. Well, the governor, I think rightly so, has adopted part of what Speaker Madigan introduced uh, years ago, and that was holding the people who who create the pension liabilities accountable for making the actuarially funded payments on normal cost. Uh, he did not adopt what Speaker Madigan included previously, and that was that we would shift the the unfunded liabilities, the legacy costs to those school districts. So we're simply asking school district to realize there's an entire cost package of hiring people to work in the district, and they should be responsible for that. Now, for the governor's uh, argument, he's given over a billion dollars to education, no more than any other governor has ever been able to deliver for property tax relief and for schools. Uh, he's willing to also give some concessions to reforms in which way they can curb and control costs. So there's plenty of ways school districts could handle this if the General Assembly is so willing to give local control back to those school districts to handle uh, the cost in a way that puts them in balance. But this is a solid, uh, a firm program, places the responsibility uh, at the decision-making level. And I applaud the governor for for incorporating this into that plan. But yes, it does call for that movement of the actual normal cost uh, to the school districts. Uh, But again, it's a proposal that Speaker Madigan introduced or uh, half of a proposal Speaker Madigan introduced several years ago. Yeah, and and I don't think anyone argues the principle of it. Um, But uh, would I be wrong in thinking that your members are not hearing from the local school officials and, frankly, local municipal officials who are going, yeah, it's 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 right, but it's going to kill us. Well, kill is a is yeah, a different I, that is, may be, is that a, may be an a difficult word to adopt. I think it's a responsible shift in discussion. Uh, as I said, it's a, it's a it's a partial uh, of what the speaker tried in passing years ago, where the the whole cost of the pensions, that unfunded liabilities, the um, the failure of the legislature to fund previous normal costs, not shifting that, just the cost associated with what they're paying people and how they affect the pensions. So it's reasonable. It's got to happen. Whether it happens in this budget cycle or not, it has to happen because everyone knows that's the responsible thing to do. Uh, let me ask you, the overall pension debt questions, because that still has to be addressed, um, is there a way of addressing it that is not going to get ruled unconstitutional? So far, just about every idea. I mean, and I think the Supreme Court has probably been pretty clear about what right. you can't do, but the legislature keeps crafting things well, that do that. We, we do that out of need. I mean, let's face it. Pensions are the monster that's that is absorbing all the tax dollars that should be going to education and health care and transportation. And this system uh, that uh, Governor Rahner inherited uh, 
due to past governors not funding uh, the pension system's normal cost, have put us in a very difficult position. And when I first ran for office, I ran on the platform of being what I would call a pension hawk, someone who said enough is enough. We've got to be responsible and, and meet these obligations, which was not something people had heard years ago. We have authored and passed many versions of legislation that would help reform the system in what we thought was a fair way, in a way that would protect the interests of those who are hoping to have those pension funds in their retirement years. The court has ruled those unconstitutional. That does put at risk the economic viability of the system. But there is one other thing that was actually suggested by President Colton that I absolutely think is constitutional where the court has clearly said you can't take away a benefit someone has earned. Uh, this solution uh, says that if you're going to get a pay raise, okay, and that pay raise is going to be pensionable, something you have not earned yet, then we'd ask you to be more realistic in your cost of living increase rather than a 3% compounded cost of living increase, except something more normal and what the private sector has, if they even have a defined benefit. So I believe this is constitutional because they would voluntarily give that up so that a pay raise could be, in fact, uh, attributed to their pension. So it's a win-win, I think. It, 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 it provides relief to the taxpayers. It, it provides security to the people who are depending on those pensions. And it's a voluntary uh, option that they have to have their pay raise be pensionable. Um, before I, and I, I don't want to get into the pure politics yet, but in terms of the kind of work you have to do, have you seen any softening of the, 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 the hard edges and the, 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 the tensions that were there before, um, now that the, you know, I mean, admittedly there's still an election ahead, but right. it seemed you know, that the, the, the rank and file members were getting a little tired of, just the constant beating up of each other. I think everyone is. And I'll cite the fact in the passage of the education reform proposal. Uh, this is clearly an issue that Governor Rahner led on uh, that Speaker Madigan and President Culleton and Leader Durkin knew shouldn't be used as a political tool and that we were collectively able to compromise and come up with a historic reform program uh, that treated every school district fairly, I think, throughout this state and provided uh, a monumental first step in helping low-income children throughout the state have choice through a tuition scholarship program. Uh, So we all came together for the students of this state, maybe because it was partly politically in our best interest to be supportive of students and teachers and parents, but I think we were willing to set aside those differences. So I do think there's an opportunity, uh, and this is a clear example. We also did it recently under Governor Rahner's leadership and Felicia Norwood's leadership. We passed a, a new hospital assessment program, which was a very politically difficult thing because there are winners and losers. But overall, the state wins under Director Norwood and, and the governor's leadership. In a bipartisan way, we passed something that I think will be approved by the federal government and and give us more dollars to meet the health care needs of our, our citizens. So there are examples of good things that, as you say, have taken that edge away a little bit that we've been able to wrap our arms around collectively. I'm hopeful that's the same 
the same motivation we'll have when it comes to a budget. Well, you are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is Illinois Senate Republican leader Bill Brady of Bloomington. Um, I want to start to touch on uh, some of the other issues that you'll be dealing with, but one of them is more ripped from the national headlines, although it has local impact, and that is the President uh, Trump's uh, efforts to uh, balance the trade imbalance, and uh, some would suggest he, he may be going a little hard on it, and uh, and we're getting some pushback from some con- companies, uh, countries, China especially, and the Chinese uh, pushback could involve things like, at least according to their threats, soybeans, um, some uh, manufacturing products, uh, including, uh, I think, even rail cars uh, might be affected for the CTA, um, liquor. Uh, What's your feeling about how this is all playing out nationally and what it's going to do to Illinois and Illinoisans locally? Well, one of the things we've learned about President Trump is that he is abrupt, if nothing else. And uh, where he, I think, understands that there are certain industries that are held at an international disadvantage and wants to try to rectify that. Uh, We also have to understand that the Chinese, particularly lately, are very adept at uh, countering back. And uh, I think we all, we look at what they've countered back at, and it seems to be almost a political counter more so than a economic counter. But at the end of the day, these discussions need to take place. There needs to be fairer trade, uh, and hopefully we'll do it without harm and realize that there are some things that uh, can be achieved. Uh, would, I have necess- would I have done it the way President Trump has done it? No. But there, there are discussions that need to probably take place in these areas. And I, although I, I represent the 44th, Senate district in the Illinois Senate, not the United States Senate. Uh, I'm not as, as knowledgeable as maybe my colleagues in the delegation are, but uh, these are important issues. I, I do have concerns, you know, uh, particularly uh, industries. Uh, pork producers are very concerned. Uh, might be an easier one for the Chinese to hit than soybeans. I don't think the Chinese really want to see the cost of soybeans escalate. Uh, they need that too much. But but there are some discussions where businesses needed to be f- treated fairly and equitably, I think, when it comes to international trade. And uh, the discussion is, is merited. Uh, I just think we have to be careful about how the discussion is um, publicly displayed. Well, let's turn to a couple of other issues. One even perhaps more uh, vexing than, uh, than, than trade, and that would be still the, the gun violence here, here in Illinois. Um, I mean, we, we're still seeing shootings grabbing the headlines, uh, some of that nationally, most of that nationally, uh, but there are still young people dying on Chicago streets. Uh, can lawmakers continue to just talk about it and not do very much because it always seems to come out into a stalemate, or, or is there something that is doable? Of course there is. Uh, I, I have to tell you, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, uh, Every member of the General Assembly and the governor want to see our streets safe and want to see laws and provisions made that, that do the best job we can in an imperfect situation of making our streets as safe as anything. I don't know. I'll give the Democrats the benefit of the doubt of their reaction 
and their haste to pass it without really any input from us Republicans. That was the problem. Uh, we, we, we care as deeply as they do and want to work together, but their haste in not presenting uh, these issues to us in a bipartisan f- format, I think, is, is their downfall. To the governor's credit, he's asked members of the legislature, the leaders, to appoint people to a commission. Uh, I've made four appointments. Uh, Leader Durkin made four appointments. Uh, Speaker Madigan made eight. But President Colton didn't make any. So we've got a bipartisan working group uh, working with the governor's office to try to come up with some meaningful, well-thought-out public policies that not only deal with the issues of of gun control, but also deal with the issues of mental illness and other things that we know are so important. Uh, You can have all the restrictive laws in the world, but if you don't tackle this problem of mental illness and deal with that issue, we're never going to solve or or do what we need to be doing uh, to make the streets and our neighborhoods safe for our children and and our neighbors. Is there some kind of timetable for this? Because I think when people hear, and certainly when I hear the word commission, that's yeah. that tells me we're going to take our sweet time. Getting, yeah, it, okay. that's, that's not uh, our caucus, my Senate Republican caucus's goal. It is not the governor's goal. Uh, in fact, there is a meeting today. Uh, it is a little disappointing that, that President Culleton didn't make appointments to this uh, commission. But as I said... Speaker Madigan made eight. So there is eight Democrats and eight Republicans working uh, yet this afternoon. And I know in my discussions with the governor uh, and his office yesterday, uh, they, they want to see this move as quickly as possible. We'd all like to do the right thing, but uh, do it in, a, in the right way. Uh, is the governor's veto of the gun shop licensing bill going to hold? You know, I, I think it will. I think it was an overreach. It was a, a real disadvantage to... Uh, small ma and pa businesses throughout this state at the benefit of big businesses like uh, Walmart and others who, uh, you know, are an important part of our economy, but there's got to be a level playing field. And again, this was another, in my opinion, uh, hasty action without true bipartisan support. There is a gun dealer bill supported uh, in response to the Democratic proposal uh, by a, a state representative uh, that I think would reach a great deal of bipartisan support and accomplish the job we want. So I'm, I'm going to rack this up to there was haste on the part of the Democrats because they wanted to get something done, but it could have been done, I think, more effectively if we would have worked collectively like we did on the education funding proposal. Um, before I talk about almost pure politics, I, I do want to ask, it, on your to-do list, what are the other high priorities you have besides, and, and if budget were the only priority on the list, I suppose people would yeah. be satisfied with that. But are there some other things that you really want to see get done? There are, but I think the most accomplishable one is the budget, given the fact that we're in a, a, a political um, period. Uh, I, there's a lot of business reforms I'd like to see take place. You know, no one wants to see Amazon located in Chicago more than Bill Brady and my Senate Republican colleagues. Uh, and the governor, for that matter. So there are things we know that could help bring that. I personally believe uh, there's only one thing standing in the way of Amazon choosing Chicago, and, and, and that would be high income and high property taxes. 
And uh, I'd love to see us do some things to soften those issues to make sure we not only attract the Amazons of the world, but others. So those, those are important things, some of which will have to wait until the outcome of who's going to be the next governor. And, and, and I think that will be clear. I think, uh, I think it'll be Governor Ronner because I don't believe Republicans, surely, independents, and even conservative Democrats want to turn the whole control of government back over to the Democrats through J.B. Pritzker and Mike Madigan and John Culleton. There's a balance that can be benefited from. Our argument is how do we convince the independents and, and the more conservative Democrats that J.B. Pritzker is the wrong answer because that just gives complete control back to what we saw under Rod Bogoyevich and Pat Quinn. Well, now, as far as we know, at least uh, today, uh, Governor Rauner and State Representative Jeannie Ives, who is his primary challenger, still haven't spoken. Uh, is this a serious damaging rift uh, with the conservative uh, wing of the party? I mean, I, and, and how is this going to affect races down yeah. the ballot that you have to worry about? You know, I don't, I don't know if they've spoken or not. I, I, I I'm sure the governor's more than happy to talk to Representative Ives. Uh, I supported the governor, so I'm the wrong person to reach out to her. I know that when I w- lost uh, my primary, uh, I called and conceded to the victor and pledged my support. Uh, I believe that'll happen here. My primary was, uh, some of them were closer than, <laughs> than this one. I, I, Republicans will come together, and the quicker we come together, the better off we will be because our challenge, I don't think so much will be Republicans, but will be collectively bringing our message together so that we bring value to independents. And as I said earlier, uh, Democrats in this, in this quest uh, to put the state on the right track. Uh, we know that governor Ron has done his best to shake up Springfield and he has shaken up Springfield and he's learned a lot and there's a lot more he can get done. And that's why I'm excited about a second four years. I just think that a, a J.B. Pritzker administration brings us back to the years of, of Pat Quinn and Rod Bogoyevich, which this state cannot afford. We're, we're, not, we're lacking in job growth and development compared to our Midwestern partners and, and, frankly, every state in this nation, when I would argue we have more than any other state in this nation to offer. And Bruce Rahner, I think, is the one to lead us on that. But to answer your question, I believe uh, Governor Rahner and, and many of us I know my Senate Republican colleagues in our caucus are doing everything they can to unify the party. And we know that's so important because no party can win elections without people who don't affiliate themselves with that party. You need the independent voters uh, to side with you and new voters. So to bring value to that, we've got to show that we've got value within our own party. It is important. We will get there. And um, I, I trust we will prevail. The argument that uh, that the people on uh, excuse me on uh, J.B. Pritzker's side make, and and frankly, even some of J.B. Pritzker's critics fault him for being a rich businessman with, with whose experience is in business and not really a politician. But of course, he would view that as an advantage and saying he could take the state in a different direction because he is, you know, a savvy businessman. I assume he is. I, I, you know, I know, I know J.B. Pritzker inherited a great deal of wealth. Bruce Rauner made it on his own. Um, but I don't think, I, I question his savviness. I mean, you're talking about a candidate who out of the chute says he will 
raise income taxes on the people in a state who are already thinking about leaving because of the tax burden. Um, I mean, forget the, the toilets and all the other issues surrounding J.B. Pritzker and Rod Bogoyevich. I don't know how anyone can run on a platform that I'm not only going to raise taxes, but I'm going to initiate a constitutional amendment for progressive income tax. I mean, Illinois voters already struggle with some of the highest tax rates, property and otherwise income, and, and to threaten them with further burdens, particularly in light of the federal government, saying we're no longer going to let you deduct your state and local taxes beyond a certain level. It's the wrong direction to go. We ought to be going the other direction. That's what uh, that's the, the states that are prospering, Texas, Tennessee, Florida. Those are the states that are prospering because they've got leadership that holds the line on taxes like Bruce Rauner will do. That's going to be the final word. Thank you, Senate Republican Leader Bill Brady, for spending this time with us. To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMNewsRadio.com. And you can find our podcasts on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of Ad Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio. 780 and 105.9 FM. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.